Oh, stuff. The bane of our existence, right? All right, so I'm going to show you now where I keep some of my stuff. Stuff clogs our closets, our garages, our cupboards, all aspects of our daily lives. Let's go into this attic. If you're considering downsizing to live in a van, RV, sailboat, or tiny home, you'll have to confront your mounds and mounds of stuff. So I'm lucky that my mom had an attic where I leave a few bins. Stuff can be overwhelming, but once you can get rid of stuff, you'll feel like you've been set free. Trust me. On this episode, we'll talk to downsizing expert and sailor Chris DeCroce, who moved out of an entire house to live on a small sailboat. You might just be surprised about what he has to say about photo albums. You ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Wayward Home Podcast, all about van life, boat life, and nomadic living. We'll bring you tips, interviews, and stories from the road and on the water. Now, here's your host, Kristen Haynes. Hi, my name is Kristen Haynes, and I'm founder of thewaywardhome.com, a website all about van life, RVs, sailboats, and tiny homes. I live part of the year in a camper van and part on a sailboat and have been experimenting with living tiny since 2015. Thanks for joining me on this episode about downsizing. These are my childhood mementos, the things that are hard for me to get rid of, and I just have a few plastic bins of them. This one is my briar horses. Our emotional attachment to stuff can be hard to sever. You get your first job and you get you go buy your BMW. You know what I mean? It's like all of a sudden you get this self-worth that's attached to, um, you know, a Gucci purse, a really nice set of shoes, your first apartment. That's Krista Croce, who downsized out of a house in Nashville to live aboard a small sailboat in search of a simpler, more meaningful life. For me, it was like when I signed my record thing, it was like I went and bought a washer and dryer because I was so tired of doing my laundry and laundromats as a musician, broke musician forever. Um, But we we attach this self-worth and maybe our success and stuff to our stuff. So when it comes time to get rid of that stuff, we have this huge emotional barrier because we feel like, well, if I sell that BMW, then I'm I'm admitting that maybe I'm getting rid of my self-worth. Um, maybe I'm... So the mindset is once you can figure out how to break that and say, you know what? This BMW has nothing to do with my self-worth. It's just a car. Then it becomes a lot easier to um, make that change. Chris might be a downsizing expert now. He's written a book called Downsizing for a Tiny Life and has a course by the same name. But it wasn't always easy for him and his wife, Melody. It was hard at first because Mel had a bunch of really nice, she had a walk-in closet just for her shoes. And to her, it was exactly that. She had really busted her butt to accomplish, you know, some things on her own. And her shoe collection to her was signified her success, right? Her independence. She had the money to buy really nice shoes. And then when it came time to figure out what she was going to do with them, she she was thinking, I, I don't know if I can do this because that's that's my that's like what I worked for. But we kept talking about it. You know, we had hard discussions, difficult discussions, and a lot of tears. And there was a ton of fear. I mean, it certainly wasn't easy because we didn't know what we were going to do. We didn't even know if we would like living on a boat. I mean, we, I was a avid sailor, but she hadn't sailed that much. And she certainly hadn't lived on a boat. Neither had I. But they decided to trust the process, which is the same thing I did with my briar horses. I was really into these when I was little, but I got rid of a lot of them thinking that other children would like to play with them. We started donating a lot of stuff to like 
needy families and stuff. And that was really the game changer for us. We were like, wow, look at what this little crockpot did for this single mom down the street. Like she was totally jacked up and so psyched for it. So now we got like five, then we got fired up and we just, we, we set goals financially. Like if we sell this, we want to have this much money. Let's try to make this much money from the stuff we can sell. And then let's try to donate to, you know, veterans group or needy families in the, in the area. So we turned the whole thing into a game, which made it a little easier, but it's still, it's never easy. I don't think it's ever easy. For a while, Chris had a hard time himself with a few particular items, his beloved music gear. Mel tells a funny story when she came home from work one day that some kid was driving out of the driveway with my drum set in the back of his truck. And she said, oh, that scared the absolute crap out of me because I knew you were serious. Like she thought, holy crap, this is real. He's really on. If he sold those drums, like it's on. And so... Uh, that was, I had an old guitar amp. Oh God, I'm such a dumbass for selling it. It's just, I, I just, you know, I got so fired up. I thought, oh, when am I going to use it? And I, I, I don't know, we're, we're kind of changing gears here. So I guess I can always buy another amp. But, um, if you asked me if I would take the thousand bucks for the amp again, I would tell you no, <laughs> but yeah, like that, that was, and that was because I had, done what I had talked about, right? I had talked, I had attached a bunch of my memories to my musical gear. And I thought if I got rid of the gear, then the memory would go with it too. And that's really one of the biggest psychological things that um, I talk about when I do a talk about downsizing. It's, it's the memory doesn't go with the item. It goes with the memories with you. The item is just the item. So that's the hardest part. And for me, it was, it was, bridging that gap and and realizing my own taking my own advice that the the musical instruments when they went that didn't mean that all of my experiences went with them but what about all those cool gifts people gave you do you just donate or sell all those too chris has an answer that might surprise you let's say you gave me something right like years ago you gave me a really cool lamp or and I didn't want to get rid of it. So what I would do is I call it just turnabout gifts. Like I give it back to you. And that way, whenever we're hanging out, I see that lamp. And then you get an opportunity to think of me when you have the lamp, right? Like, so you gave it to me as a gift. I used it for a while and then I gave it back to you. And so now, but if you didn't want it, if you also were like, Hey man, you know, I love that, but I, I, I don't want more crap in my life. So I would say with all the stuff we have now, like we have Pinterest and Evernote and all these really cool things that we didn't have when I was downsizing, like you can totally take pictures of all the important items that you think you will, you know, have, have a problem getting rid of. You can totally take pictures of those, put them in a file. And I mean, cause like, let's face it. We all have photo albums. How often do we go through okay, them? Okay, Chris, you got me. I still have a few bins of photo albums stored in my mom's attic and I never look at them, but I can't get rid of those. Can I? Now we have these picture frames, right? That are automated picture frames. So if you take a picture of all those pictures in your photo album, and then you put them in one of those automated picture frames and stick it on your shelf, then you're going to see them every day. The pictures you haven't, you've been keeping for 20 years, you haven't even laid eyes on. If you actively do that, 
and you take pictures, then you spend 150 bucks for a really cool picture frame. But then you have these pictures on scroll and you can actually see them. And if you have friends over for dinner, guess what? You put those old pictures on and it's a really cool piece that it's not just in a box downstairs. It's now actively part of your life. You know, if you've taken some cool pictures on a trip, uh, you know, then you put them in a picture frame and it's, that's another cool way. And you, or put them on a disc and then you can rotate that out. So you're actively living through those photos instead of just keeping them in a box. So you've decided to downsize. It all sounds great to live a life without stuff. But first, you have to get there. If you have tons of stuff, this can all feel really overwhelming, if not impossible. Where should you even start? I, I always say, like, start with the junk, like easy, low-hanging fruit. In the book, I talk about, you know, the junk checklist. I have a junk checklist that I give you. And it's like, do you have a bunch of remotes in your drawer in your living room and you don't even know what they go to? Throw them out. You have old burnt down candles. Uh, are you keeping like family circus magazines from 25 years ago? Cause there's a chicken cacciatore recipe that you swear you're going to make, but you haven't in the last decade, throw it out. Like old t-shirts, old bras, uncomfortable bras, throw them out or donate them. Like all the easy stuff. Like do you have like four pair of ski boots and old suitcases in the attic? Like all the stuff that doesn't have any emotion to it shouldn't have any emotion to it, that's where you start. Your junk drawer. It's like chopsticks, menus, batteries, old keys that you have no idea what they go to. Like that stuff is all where you start. Really low-hanging fruit that doesn't have any emotion to it. And then we get into like doubles in the kitchen. Tupperware without any lids. Do you have two crock pots? Do you have like 14? My mom has 14 souffle pots up there. And, she, and she's like, oh, I use them for different things. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> 80% of what we use is 20% of what we own, basically. Like, there's a really cool exercise. If you turn all of your clothes in the closet, turn all the hangers one way. And then every time you wear a piece of something, a piece of clothing, hang it up the opposite way. And at the end of the month, you're going to see that you've worn the same 10 paces of clothing and there's uh, everything else is still hanging the same direction because you've never even touched it. And just do a little bit at once, an hour or two. Start now. If you're even thinking about it, yeah, do what you said. Take, take an hour on a Sunday and go into the garage and find all those paint cans that are hard and dried up and find out, go on your local website there and find out where you take hazardous waste. If it's, if it's alkaline or, or like a shellac, if it's latex, you can just fill it with kitty litter and you can, once it gets hard, you can put it in the trash, but like go through that, like start small in the, the garage. You have old bikes, old bags, old kids, sporting goods that like, I'm looking at my niece's six field hockey sticks right in front of me. And she's now 35 living in California. Like, is she ever going to use those field hockey sticks? But like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Take small bites. Chris says also, it's really important to know your why. Because then when you get really frustrated or scared or panicked or overwhelmed, you can say, okay, why are we doing this? Well, we want to downsize the house. We want to get out from this four bedroom house. The kids are gone. Or I want to quit my job and live in a van like you. I want to travel and start my own blog and I want to be independent. So this is why I'm doing this. And that's when the tough, when it 
gets really tough, that's what you're going to rely on. You're going to be like, oh, crap, why am I doing this again? Well, this is why you're going through all this pain and hardship, because you want to create a different life. And then little tiny bites and just be persistent. Starting out with downsizing is hard. But once you start doing it, you won't be able to stop. Trust me. It's like a snowball rolling downhill. And that's why I say start with the really easy junk stuff that like the burnt down candles, the broken remotes, because there's no emotion there. And then once you start to get rid of that really easy stuff, the longer you do it and the more you do it, the better you'll get at it and the less emotion that you'll have until you get to the point where the really heavy stuff, like you said, or your grandparents, your parents keepsake, when you get to that point, you'll have developed the muscle a little bit more. And you, like, you don't want to jump right in the first day and start to downsize your attic with all your parents keepsake. That's the worst possible thing you could do. Well, how about a storage unit? My partner Tom has had a storage unit for years, storing tools, sporting goods, and some boxes of mementos. He's always talking about just how much he wants to get out of the storage unit. I mean, it costs a lot. I hate storage units. I totally do not recommend getting a storage unit. I know it's counterintuitive to what other people say. Unless, here's my big unless, unless you think it's only going to be for a year. Like we're going to do this for a year and I don't really want to buy all my furniture again a year from now. Then then I would say, okay, that makes sense to kind of store it. But if you're going to jump in and go, then I would say do not store your washer and dryer because let's say two, three years from now you come back and you go, okay, well, we're going to get an apartment again. Or we're going to buy a house again. The washers and dryers two years from now are going to be so much better than the washer and dryer. You just paid five grand to store for the last two years. And, and you're going to be able to buy them for 1500 bucks. So you're storing, you're paying all this money to store antiquated technology. While donating stuff is one way to get rid of your belongings, you can also sell stuff online and make a pretty penny. There's a process, you know, you take good pictures and it's all about the way you present your ads and the way you word your ads and stuff like that, that gets clicks. And when you put stuff on Facebook marketplace or whatever you're doing, um, there's a, there's a way that to do it, that it makes your stuff look more attractive. And we have that in the book and stuff. It talks about how to take a good picture and do your framing correctly. And like, if you're going to take a picture of your couch, make sure your pants aren't draped over the back of it, which does sounds really simple. But if you go online and look at some of these pictures, it is really funny. It's our entertainment. Sometimes drinking coffee is looking at people's boat pictures for sale where there's underwear and the rebirth and an old coffee cup and a toothbrush. And it's just hilarious what people take pictures of. And it's so sounds, seems like it would be common sense that you would actually clean the space before you took a picture of it. But Hey, you know, besides his book that's for sale on Amazon downsizing for a tiny life. Chris also has a course by the same name, which offers additional support, a Facebook group where you can interact with Chris. What's really cool is to work with older folks that are like empty nesters. Like I had a client, Jill, she was, um, an empty nester, 25 years in the same house. And, um, they were, they wanted to move to some like Scottsdale or something. They wanted to leave LA and go to Scottsdale or Sedona. And she was like, I'm freaking out. I have a house I've been in 25 years. And I was like, well, we're just going to start small, right? Here's what we're going to do. We're just going to walk this little thing through. And she, the cool thing about her is she was, I said, when do you plan on listing your house? And she said, this time next year. And I was like, great. 
great. You have 12 months. Here's what we need to do is break down each room and you tackle one room every two weeks. And by the time you're done, you'll be able to like, you'll be leaving your house in a van. <laughs> so Chris, where can we find you online? The downsizing stuff is saving to sale.com. Um, that's where we have the course and, uh, it, there's a whole, a whole re- bunch of resources over there that, um, for the whole thing, financial, working remotely and stuff like that. And then for me personally, books and music and stuff is com, And um, I totally answer emails. I love hearing from people. So if, if anyone wants to reach out with questions, um, hit me up. I'll, I'll, I'll answer you back when I have a second. All right, Chris. Thanks so much for joining us and teaching us more about downsizing. Oh, man, it's been awesome to talk to you as well. I learned from you, too. I love your blogs and everything. Boy, you are just killing it. And just it's so fun to watch watch you guys. So I'll put Chris's resources in the show notes below. Links to his book on Amazon and his course, Downsizing for a Tiny Life. Remember to subscribe to my podcast and share it with friends. That really helps me out. If you're so inclined, head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Next time on the Wayward Home Podcast, we're going to be talking about work camping. What's it really like to work at Amazon Camper Force? How much money can you make while work camping? And what types of jobs are out there? I hope you join me. Thanks so much for listening to the Wayward Home Podcast. See you next time.